0: Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts
0: in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner.
1: This is episode number 360 Ghosted and Breadcrumbs Stop Falling for Unavailable Men. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Wiener, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to have the love you want, and that a woman of value attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and love. Today, I am excited to be speaking with therapist and author, Dr. Marnie Feuerman, about how women can stop falling for those unavailable men who ghost and breadcrumb, and that they can become empowered to date with standards and dignity. About 11 years ago, I became a certified life coach. I specialize in coaching women over 40 to find love by learning how to value themselves first, to speak up more powerfully and in a more connected way, and to stand up for the things that matter most to them. In short, I help them become what I call a woman of value. And every week I bring you a tip on how to become a woman of value. This week's tip is be proactive not reactive and it's interesting that this is today's tip because i well actually has a lot to do with today's topic but i'm also giving a speech tonight at my toastmasters it's a mini workshop on how to diffuse criticism and the main thing is to be proactive and not reactive so this is such an important tip no matter what it is that we're we're triggered by Um, If we know what we want and need, it's really important to have those conversations before anything comes up so that you are prepared. And I'm sure we're going to talk more deeply about things like that in our interview today. Before I bring on Marnie, I want to invite anyone who's not yet a member of my free Facebook group called Your Last First Date. Don't forget the your. To join, we have a large group of Mm, women over 40. Some of them are in relationships, most of them are single, and it's a place to be guided to positive outcome. We are not a group where you come and just complain and talk about how horrible dating is and how men suck. That is not the focus of this group at all. We are here to help you to go on your last first date by getting really practical tips and tools and And going deep into what's keeping you stuck. So if you want to take advantage of this amazing free offer, go to Facebook and search for Your Last First Date and you can answer the three questions and join us. And now for our special guest today, Dr. Marnie Foyerman, I got that right. She's the author of Ghosted and Breadcrumbed and she's a licensed social worker and marriage and family therapist with a private practice counseling people with relationship issues. She also trains therapists to do couples therapy and she writes about love relationships for a number of online media. She lives in Boca Raton, Florida, and we are here to talk about her new book today, Ghosted in Breadcrumbs, Stop Falling for Unavailable Men and Get Smart About Healthy Relationships. This is exactly what we need right now for women to take back their power in asking for what they want in their relationships and in their intimate connections. Welcome to the
0: show, Marnie. Thank you, Sandy. It's great to be here, and I love how you are helping women. I think we have the same mission. Yes, <laughs>
1: and, and empowerment, <laughs> totally. Sure.
0: Yeah,
1: there's there's so many things women can do to take back their power and not feel like victims, and especially in this ghosting world that we live in today, oh, my God, dating has certainly changed. Mm-hmm. I spoke to um, a guy last night who's been dating a couple of years, and he goes, you know, dating's horrible. Uh, Let me tell you about these awful women I met. (laughs) I just interrupted him, and I said, you know, I don't really want to talk about that. Um, Yeah, so (laughs) this is what keeps people stuck. They feel like the victim of this horrible dating atmosphere that we live in today. But the truth is it is here. It's here to stay and we can learn better ways to be. So let's start with what the building blocks are of a healthy relationship before we get into what's
0: not healthy. Sure. Um, I would say the biggest, the biggest piece I want people to think about is whether or not they feel safe and secure with this person. Um, so that is probably the foundation of a healthy relationship, that you feel like you can count on this person. You have a felt sense of trust, and um, you also feel that they have your back and they're responsive to you. And obviously, ghosted is the opposite of being responsive. And I also mm-hmm. think people should have sh- have shared values and life goals. They should be complementary to each other. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're going to get along perfectly and that everything's going to be rainbows and butterflies all the time, but that there's a way to um, come out of conflict. There's a way to repair. There's a way to reattune um, when, when we have these what's called misattunements, when we get off track. So a solid friendship ultimately is what I would say um, as far as a healthy relationship goes. And then if, if it's romantic, then all the better, but you should have that mm. solid foundation of a friendship.
1: Yeah. Well, that, and it's interesting you brought that up. And I I love that you talked about safety and security because a lot of times women get hooked into the excitement of a great first date where the conversation is great, but then the guy, doesn't follow through, or he's erratic, and like the breadcrumbing, and they don't feel good when they're away from him, but they feel great when they're with him. So can yeah. you talk to that a little bit, like you know how <laughs> you know how women can can get unhooked from that, or what they should be looking for when they feel like, oh my God, it was so great, but then he
0: disappeared. Yeah, and I think it's wonderful to have a great date. I mean, that that does feel really good, and we do get excited. Um, But I I think you've got to completely change your framework when you start dating or when you're out there, because like you said in the intro, it is difficult. So I think if you approach it like you're meeting another human being, and you can just remain open and curious about that, um, and that, you know, whatever happens, happens. If he calls again and, you know, works out and, you know, you, you end up, you know, he doesn't ghost you and things seem good, then then that's wonderful. But I think if you get so tied up in the chemistry and also the fantasy, like whatever you're kind of telling yourself in your head um, that you really don't know yet, um, as time goes on, as you learn things, and if everything, you know, lines up and it's good, then then that's fantastic. But you don't want to – completely put, um, you know, kind of project in a way, your fantasy of this person or this relationship when you don't know. And so I really want women to keep their rational brains online during the the dating process Mm -hmm. and certainly a date where there is a lot of attraction and there is a lot of chemistry because that's what can mess you up. That's what takes you away from, you know, really thinking rationally about, what you're hearing, what they're saying, you know, answering those questions, you know, does this seem like a good match for me? Do our life goals match up? Do, does it sound like he has the same values I have? It's hard to do that if we're caught up in the whole chemistry and attraction piece of everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a
1: really good point, the balancing the head and the heart and to stay open and curious instead of deciding before you even meet the guy. (laughs) And, I mean, Mm -hmm. look, I've been there. I used to be so caught up in fantasy. I I remember right after my divorce, I would make up so many stories about men I hadn't even met because I felt connected on the phone. And those dates always ended up so disappointing. it's No one can live up to a fantasy of, wow, we're going to probably – End up getting married before we even meet. Um, it's just impossible, and and so a lot of people will get very again hooked into somebody who compliments them a lot at the beginning and says, "I really feel like we are a match made in heaven." I had a client who met a guy like that recently. He's he oh boy, run from the totally those. yeah love bombing like <laughs> crazy, like yeah, oh bombs. my god, I have this psychic re- you know vision yeah. of of who you are. And then he called her love in the second email. to her. <laughs> She was like, what are you doing? Um, yeah. So it's, it's easy when you're vulnerable to fall for beautiful words and the fantasy, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not real. Right. Run for the hills.
0: Right. And you don't know <sighs> their objectives yet. It takes some time mm-hmm. to learn that. And sometimes even though we, we may not be thinking it at the time, if the guy disappears on you or just really isn't interested or doesn't want to pursue something, sometimes that's a good thing. You know, maybe this person, once you got to know them, they really would not have been for you. And so they're saving you that time. So we don't always want to go to, well, it's bad that, you know, I didn't get the call for the second date. Um, Mm -hmm. It may actually be a a gift. You just don't realize it at the time because it feels bad and we feel we can go to that feeling of rejection, but we really don't know, Why? I mean, sometimes people, um, you know, the date could be hearing something about you that they realize, I don't think I'm right for this woman. I don't know if, um, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'm for her or, you know, something is going on in his life. He's not feeling like where he's supposed to be or some major stress or something like that. And he just can't dedicate the time and energy to the relationship right then. So we really don't know why and we don't want to pretend like we're psychic and know why. And we definitely don't mm-hmm. want to personalize it so much because then we, you know, we end up feeling bad about ourselves. But we don't have enough information to know why, you know, we didn't get the second call.
1: Yes, I totally agree with that. I, I also encourage women to ask themselves, why would I want to date somebody who is inconsistent in their communication? Why would I want to date somebody who, who doesn't show up? You know, and so it's, it's really turning it around and saying, Why did he do this? Turn it around to yourself.
0: Do you have any, any tips mm-hmm. about that? Yes, absolutely, because that is a lot of what I go into in the book, because we mm-hmm. do know that there's women, and you know, certainly men too, but they will say, and they know on an intellectual level that they aren't, it isn't right, or something's you know something's wrong with the person, or um, or they're not getting treated. They want to be the way they want to be treated, or there is that lack of safety and security. Um, and a lot of that can stem back to your own family of origin, your family history, um, and different you know attachment patterns, um, which is uh, sort of the quality of the bond that you had with people that took care of you growing up. We know that sometimes um, it is inconsistent or, um, or you know, God forbid, it, it's, it's abusive or, you know, there's certain events that could have impacted you that end up playing out in your adult romantic relationships. And so sometimes there's a familiarity about it. It almost feels like there's something normal about it because maybe that's what you were used to growing up. And so you mistake it for chemistry or this is the way it's supposed to be. This is what love feels like. And so you're making this association um, between, let's say, you know, your parents loved you in this particular way and the quality of it wasn't so great. And so that's your template for love throughout your life. And so it kind of ticks something off in us around that. And so if if we are familiar with that or there's a comfort level with that, we will endure it and we won't get out of it. We won't realize, hey, I don't have to put up with this behavior or this isn't mm-hmm. right for me. And I'm allowed to you know, say goodbye to this person. Um, so a lot of it has to do with that.
1: Yeah, for sure. That whole attachment thing, and I really highly recommend that people know their attachment style and do more research into attachment because to me that was like such a big aha uh-huh. To really trace yes. back to family of origin and, and the more work you do in this, the good news is that you start actually being turned off by people who you were your normal type when you become healthier and, and understand, you know, that you've been attached to people who are unhealthy for you.
0: Yes, I definitely encourage people um, to to learn about their attachment styles and how certain dynamics play out, you know, yours with another person's. Um, Getting that understanding can be really helpful and can help you kind of get what might be more on the subconscious level operating, um, more on your conscious level. So you develop the self-awareness and then you can make much better choices. And like you said, uh, reject the, the things that, or the way that you're treated, if it's not if it's not right, you don't have to say yes to that just because there's some piece of you that feels like okay, that's familiar, but you don't mm-hmm. have to accept it anymore. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I had a guest a couple of years ago who wrote a book on the cycles of love, and she um, her name is Linda Carroll. It's called the the love cycles, five love cycles, I think. And um, mm-hmm she She talked about how she was always drawn to the narcissist in the room, like she had this radar mm-hmm. that she could find the one narcissist in the room because that was familiar mm-hmm. to her, and it was exciting too, like those people are usually interesting and exciting, but she taught herself she rewired her brain for attraction, so the man she 's been with her 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 husband now is completely different from. The husband she had before, and he's he's a good guy he's he's an artist, he's a farmer, you know he's like he's just very grounded, and so she said, like I can be drawn to the narcissist, but I won't get into a relationship with one and so that's that's also important to distinguish like you you still could be attracted, but you don't yes. have to get but involved. are you
0: accepting? Are you accepting it? Are you engaging with that? And and mm-hmm. I think the good news in this is what you just said about that example that she had to rewi do some rewiring, and yeah. you can. You definitely, mm-hmm. you know, your your brain is wired to go down a certain path, and so we can we can do things to sort of navigate down a different neural network. I know we're getting a little technical here, but I think um, that's very positive. It's very positive, yeah. and, I, and I want women to realize that you can. Um, it's not impossible to, even if, and I know some women have had um, time and again one negative relationship after another or one un- unhealthy relationship after the next. Um, but if that person can do it, anyone can do it, um, I know I've had to do it, uh, mm-hmm. so I I know that it's it's real that you can you can figure this out um, and yeah. make some changes, and that's great. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I've done it too, and it, <laughs> it, it's it's uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's um you know it it's we can almost not help how we are attracted to people until we really get clear about the patterns that we have. I mean, it's pretty hard to come out of some kind of dysfunction and and have functional relationships. It's pretty rare. So I think, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's knowing that there are tools, there are skills, there are ways to rewire, to change our attraction is very empowering.
0: So and, let's, and let's even talk about security. This is along yeah. the same lines, mm-hmm. um, you know. We know that attachment exists on a continuum, and if you are, let's say, more on the anxious, preoccupied side, um, that we know that's not set in stone. We know that it's, um, you know, you may have this theme, uh, but but again, that can be changeable as well. And a big piece of it is who you link up with, because somebody can really activate sort of the worst part that comes out in you, you know, because they're bringing out the worst part in themselves. And Uh so you can get really caught up in it in like a seesaw dynamic. And so I see that a lot, particularly when we're talking about unavailable people, Um, Mm. the ones who are unavailable and avoidant really link up with the ones who um, are more anxiously attached and they try harder and they push and they poke and they think, you know, maybe my love will help change them. Maybe I Uh can fix them. And and you really do not want to do that. There's a lot of danger Mm. in that. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy making. I
1: I once did I used to do wedding certificates, the Jewish wedding certificate, the ketubah so I would do the Mm -hmm. the Yeah, the calligraphy and the illumination around it. And I would interview the couples and try to capture their relationship in the in the in the illustration and i had one couple that was like this it was like an avoidant and an anxious attachment style mm-hmm. and they talked about how first he chased her then she chased him then he chased her and then she chased mm-hmm. him and, and i actually illustrated it on the cartoon <laughs>
0: um but so i wonder funny. if they're
1: still married today but <laughs> i don't
0: know <laughs> um, right right <laughs> it's a tough one it's to, like continue yeah unless you yeah you know, figure it out and get some help for it. And, you know, the, mm-hmm. there are ways to, um to reconcile those sorts of dynamics.
1: Yeah. Um, Cause it so, really is crazy making.
0: There used to be this is. animal
1: called, yeah push me, pull you, I think it was um, maybe Dr. Doolittle or something. It was, that's uh-huh. what it reminds me of, like, push me, pull you, push me, pull you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about emotional unavailability and why are so many men unavailable
0: emotionally? Um, well, we know, we know some of the reasons. I think there's, there's a lot of research out there now where we're really learning about men's struggles in this area. Um, it's very real. We, there was a, there's a new term that it actually came, I think it came out probably around the time the book came out or after, um, you know, we've, you've heard probably of toxic masculinity. Um, and I think what, what that means is that women, um, women and men are socialized quite differently. You know, women are socialized more relationally. Um, there's more an acceptance of the expression of emotions and we you know, we tend to connect more and really value that. Whereas, um, you know, men are more oriented towards tasks, achievement, providing, being strong, um, not showing vulnerability. And so uh, that's, that's really constricting. And I think we are learning that um, that's really, we, we haven't done well by men by doing that. And, mm-hmm. and I think it is shifting because of this awareness that, we really should not be socializing men in this way. Um, you know, we know that women live longer than men, and that's one of the reasons because we we do reach out when we need help, and we have friendships, and we are able to express ourselves. Um, and we also know that women tend to. Be the, people file, the, women, the women are the ones who file divorce in most cases. I think it's something like two-thirds of the time. Um, and so that's a really sad statistic. And one of the things that I hear a lot, including in my, you know, my practice, is that the women feel really disconnected. Um, and the men are really not knowing what the heck that means. So uh-huh. if the wife is complaining, you know, I just don't feel um, a strong bond or connection with you or our relationship feels superficial or, you know, we do things together, but we never talk. You know, we never uh-huh. really talk like going deep. Uh, and so the women are kind of checking out and saying, all right, I've, I've had enough of this. Um, and so I really hope it, it does turn around and I think if If you have a man, like if you're in this situation where you're a woman and you're feeling like you're not so emotionally connected to your partner, you're going to want to see their willingness to work on this and their willingness to change Um, because we do have help out there for this. You know, we have therapists, we have coaches, we have self-help books. Um, We have all kinds of resources where men can learn how to do a better job of this. But, of course, they have to be motivated and willing um, and if they okay. are, that's great. Uh, and so if you, have, if you have a partner who's basically shutting it down and saying, no, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that, I don't have an interest, or it's your problem, it's not mine, or whatever it is, then I'd say, you know, you may be in some trouble there. But if you have someone willing to make these changes and kind of inch in the right direction, it's going to benefit the relationship, but it's also going to benefit them as well, because we know people do better when they have these avenues for emotional expression. Mm.
1: yeah it's it's uh i I think there's so much truth in here and i i i you know I know in my marriage my husband didn't see his share he didn't see his part in it and it mm. it's lonely it's lonely to be in a relationship where you feel like you're carrying all the weight all the emotional weight that you're not being heard that you're being dismissed, and if he's yes. not willing to to see his part it's it's impossible to change and so i think a lot of women just say you know i need i need somebody who connects but they don't know how to yes. ask for it they don't know how to get it and so one of the one of the examples mm-hmm. um and i was just sharing this before we went live was in my facebook group today there was a whole conversation about who pays on a first date and a woman had expressed that she went on a great first date and they had a lot in common great values good connection and then at the end, he kind of looked at her, waited for her to say something about the check. She didn't say anything because she said men always have to pay. And then he asked her to split the bill, and she freaked out and said she's never going to go out with him again. And mm-hmm. we had such a, a real array of responses. And then somebody else started a separate post to say, well, what would you say to a man if you wanted him to pay? Like, you know, you need to you need to learn to use, Expression to say things to men because they can't read your mind. And, um, I mean, it brings up a lot of things for men. Entitlement. Um, we live in a very different time than when we were dating at our, in our 20s, if we're in our 50s and 60s. And I I recommend personally that women state that they enjoy being courted, that they're very independent in every mm-hmm. other way, but it mm-hmm. makes them happy to be courted and and to say what that means. That you know, that they will here's it's not gonna be all one sided and they really appreciate when a man pays. It shows them that he likes to provide and it makes them feel safe and mm-hmm. you know, and using words like you used in the beginning. Yes. Um Yeah, so you know, that whole idea of women speaking up and expressing what they need, um, can you speak more to that?
0: Oh, yes, that, that's critical. I'm definitely one for direct communication,
1: um, yeah. which
0: is which is hard to do. So I'm not saying it's easy because you're taking a risk. So if you say to um, your date something like you, what you just said, uh, or let's say you're, you've been dating someone a little while and... You know you're not sure where this relationship's going or you're unhappy that you know um you're not getting as much time with the person or whatever it is. I think to just clearly state you know what's bothering you and 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 do it in a way that certainly isn't attacking um but assertive i I think it's it's fine to do that and you should do that you're risk you're risking rejection certainly because you will find out right then and there. I mean they're either gonna say, like, oh, that's ridiculous, or, um, you know, or or no, you're you're the one who's crazy. I'm not seeing it that way, or, or I do spend time with you, or they may make an excuse, um, and then you're going to know, okay, this is not going to go my way. I'm not going to get what I need from this person. Or they very well could say, wow, I didn't realize that, or I certainly don't want to make you feel that way, and, of course, I'm, you know, I can – change this that and the other thing or whatever it is you want to see the response that you get that's information that you're going to want to listen to and so I, I say ask the questions um, and you know it's okay to put someone on the spot a little bit I would rather you know where you stand than be confused about it be kept off balance um, to, to have that sense of uncertainty about things, that doesn't feel good either. So if you're hearing the answers and, it, and it's not what's right for you, then you have a decision to make. Um, and it may be hard because you may really like this person, and there may be chemistry, attraction, all that. You may even feel like the values are lined up for the most part. But Let's say you're not in the same place. You know, maybe he's just like, no, I don't ever see myself committing to anybody or whatever whatever it is. Uh-huh. Um, you have to realize that, okay, this probably isn't right for me because I know I want a committed monogamous relationship. This guy, you know, that's not what he's up for. So I want, I want women to really listen to the answers and listen to what they're told and listen to how she's responded to when she asks these direct questions or she directly communicates. So it's important, and and I agree. You just have to be direct about it. Yeah, yeah, we have to be direct. And
1: what mm-hmm. happens often I see is that women feel needy, asking for what they need. So can you <laughs> clarify the difference between needy and requesting something that is a, a a real need?
0: Yeah, neediness is a real is a real tricky one um, because. Your, your neediness, let's say, can be amplified if you're not getting something. So if you have someone emotionally unavailable or someone who's withdrawing from you, sure enough, it's a natural tendency for you to try harder to get that need met, which is essentially a, a longing you have, a longing for connection um, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, I, I would say look at it in other contexts. So if you have, let's say, friends that you really trust, family, people who can give you honest feedback, and if you ask them, hey, am I too needy, like what do you think, you'll probably get some good information. Um, But if a man is right off the bat calling you needy because you're like, hey, you said you'd call at noon, you didn't call, and I have a problem with that, that's not good, and he turns around and says you're needy, that's a really, that's a red flag. That's a really bad thing. So, you know, I think we all have needs. People who are emotionally unavailable or avoidant tend to deny those needs. They tend to what we call downregulate their their emotions so that they don't need or ask for help. Um, and And so... You know, you've got to watch for that. That just may mean that the person is unwilling to do that for you. Um, But I would say get get feedback from other people to see, you know, to kind of gauge it right um, and maybe get more insight about, you know, am I really too needy or am I just constantly picking men who never meet my needs? And so now I am, of course, feeling needy naturally. Mm, Yeah, and a lot of women
1: pick the wrong men and try to. Yeah, they try to make them into the right men um, and fix the project. Right. Um, that also doesn't work. But I think, you know, get, getting comfortable with expressing what you need and knowing that, you know, there, it's like a human right to be appreciated. It's a human right to feel safe. It's a human right to feel that somebody is, is giving back when you put something out and a bid out to connect. Um, when you keep getting rejection and in, in a wall and all those things that, that keep you distant, it feels horrible. And, um, you know, and right. so, you know, if, if you're not getting back what you need, then that's, those are huge red flags and we need to pay attention. Ah, right. There's, yeah, so much to say about this, um, but um, unfortunately we are just about out of time and I, I would love to hear one last word of advice to our audience. Um, to help them go on their last first date?
0: Okay, sure. Well, I want women to really feel empowered um, in, their, in their dating and relationship experiences and that they're entitled to, you know, to have love, um, reciprocated love uh, with somebody who is honest and predictable, accountable. Uh, they, they are empathic. Uh, They respond if you're hurt or if you're expressing something um, that, you know, you're not getting in the relationship. And I think emotional connection is the glue that holds relationships together. So if you're not getting that, I'm not sure what you'd really have at all, you know, in that that relationship. So Mm -hmm. I want women to understand that it is important and they deserve to get it and they can be, you know, that, that they'll end up, I think, being really happy if they are able to um, not just stay with the wrong person, but leave themselves open to really meeting the right partner. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: Um, yeah. Um, so I just want our audience to know that this book, Go Sit in Breadcrumbs, Stop Falling for Unavailable Men and Get Smart About Healthy Relationships, is excellent. Um, it is thorough. Thank it you. It really goes into detail about attachment styles and what's a healthy relationship, you know, what's what's unhealthy. Um, really explains really how to overcome a lot of the issues that women go through. And so I highly recommend that you go out and buy yourself a copy of this book. And if you do, rate it on Amazon because Marnie mm-hmm. can really use lots of ratings. And Marty, um, tell us tell Thank us you. how our audience can find you.
0: Sure, uh, my website is drmarnionline.com, which is just d r m a r n i o n l i n e. And if you sign up for my newsletter, I do have uh, you will you will get instant access to a one hour webinar where I talk about understanding why you keep repeating unhealthy relationship patterns. Mm, that's a great tool. Um,
1: Thanks. Yeah. So that's com and get a one-hour webinar when you sign up for the newsletter. Um, so that's it. This will all be in the show notes with a link to the book. And um, thank you, Marnie, for being on the show today and for sharing this really important topic about how women can stop choosing emotionally unavailable men and really get the love they deserve. Sure, thank you Sandy, it's been my pleasure Thank you, thanks everybody For listening today And if you love our show Please rate and review it on iTunes Or whatever app or podcast uh, App that you listen to And uh, share Share this episode with whoever Needs it because we want to Spread the love And don't forget to check out my Facebook group, Your Last First Date On Facebook and we would love to Have you there I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.